Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Thank you. You can be seated. Morning, everybody. God bless Texas. Yeah. That's Anoki saying that now. Okay. Uh, this is the most spiritual message I ever teach. I teach a lot, but this is the deepest one. But I'm gonna start off real carnal. <laughs> With a carnal story, that's true. A great coach here in America, if I said his name, you'd know it, uh, had been put in a new position in a new state and uh, had an assistant that he sent out to recruit a little runaway running back uh, in the north part of the state. And so this is before cell phones. And so this assistant coach is up in country, 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 K, country with a K, driving down dirt roads, trying to read a piece of paper, trying to figure out where this kid lives. And so he hadn't passed any houses in a while. There's just farms and you know, ranches and whatever. And so driving down dirt road, and all of a sudden he got too far over to the side and he ran over into a ditch. Now it's not muddy, it's dry as dirt in the middle of the summer. He got stuck in a ditch and he couldn't get out. Boom, boom. So he got out and said, well, he hadn't passed the house in a while behind him. He said, well, maybe there's one in front. So he starts walking down the road. That's a true story. And so he sees a farmer plowing with a mule. And he yells at him, say, hey, hey, you got a phone? I got my car stuck. I need a phone. Call somebody, get me out. And the farmer yells back, said, I'll come pull you out with my mule. And he goes, no, 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 I don't need a mule. I, I just need a phone. I'll call a truck. I just need a phone. No, I'll come pull you out. Well, the guy wasn't taking no for an answer. So Guy goes back to the car, it takes 30 minutes, that guy to walk around the fence line, brings his mule, big old mule, backing up to the front of his car, had a big chain on the back of him, took it out, ran that chain around his bumper. And so the guy's in the window, he said, now son, get in there and get your foot off the brake, put it in the neutral, no dust and I will pull you out. <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm gonna probably kill this mule and I'm still gonna be stuck. I'm spending money and I'm wasting time. He said, okay, so he sits down, he gets in the car, puts the neutral, so farmer's right beside him on a little hill and he takes the reins, snaps the dust on the back and says, Said, okay, come on, Frank, and hit them. Say, come on, Bill, boom, come on, Bob. The, the, the mule never moved. And then he finally said, come on, Dusty. But when he called Dusty, that big old mule leaned into that thing, boom, 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 pulled that car out of that ditch. Well, the coach got out and said, man, that's amazing. I didn't, I know mules could do that. That's amazing. Farmer's not saying the word. He's down on his knees, taking the chain back off, putting it up on the mule. He, he's trying to pay him. Said, no, no, I'll help you out. What are you doing here? Well, I'm looking for a kid. So yeah, about a mile down the road, lives on a ride. And so the farmer's walking on. Coach gets his car and he's gonna go around and all of a sudden it dawns on him. Hey, hey, and he stops. Hey, what's with all the name calling with the mule? And the coach is, oh, Dusty, he's blind. If he thought he's pulling by himself, he wouldn't pull. <laughs> now I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want to read a passage out of uh, Acts chapter 8. Philip's gone down to Samaria preaching the gospel, so just hang with me here. And so uh, the believers who were scattered uh, uh, were were scattered preaching good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went down to the city of Samaria and told the people about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and what he had to say. And there were many signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, many people got healed, paralyzed and lame were healed. 
And so there was great joy in the city, man. He had a revival going on. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria, claiming to be somebody great, everything from the least to the greatest, you know, he's somebody, and they spoke highly of him and said, that's the power of God. Well, it wasn't, he was demon-possessed. And so they listened close to him because for a long time he astounded them with his magic. But now, verse 12, the people believed Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed. He was baptized, began following Philip wherever he went. And there was just amazing signs and great miracles performed by Philip wherever he was. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John down there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Peter and John laid hands on them, upon the believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm an old Southern Baptist, and I was dedicated to the core, and so uh, uh, when I got spirit-filled, because I'll tell you just how that happened. When I got spirit-filled, my dad sent the Baptist deacons to my house to get me delivered. He thought I was in a cult. Well, I wasn't. I was just hanging out with the folk officer businessmen. Now, what it was, I was working for an engineer who was spirit-filled Methodist. And he was about to his house on Friday night to Bible study. And they were signing that he can mow and doing all the crazy stuff. So I'm just kind of hanging back. And so I thought, well, I got on my knees. I punched that one night at, at midnight. I'm working second shift. So I'm working as a lab technician. I got on these, God, you know, I've gone from Matthew to Revelation twice trying to find out if this is true. And I'm, I saw the stuff about, you know, the whole thing about the Holy Spirit and the miracles and the tongues. I said, Lord, if this Holy Spirit thing's real, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll take it. If the tongues go with it, fine, I'll take that too. In Jesus' name, amen. I prayed it just like that. I got up, I punched out, I got in my truck, went down the manufacturer's road, going to get up on the interstate to live 11 miles uh, from the house. I'm listening to country music. I never listen to rock and roll. I don't even know what rock and roll is. I listen to country my whole life, bluegrass and country. So I'm listening to Conway Twitty on the radio. So I look over my shoulder, you know, to make sure I get up and pull up on the interstate. Now I'm singing along with Conway. When I got up on the interstate, I realized I'm not singing in English anymore. I'm babbling like a two-year-old. And I'm trying to think, what? In my mind, I thought, what am I saying? What, what, what? And I thought, oh man, I think I got that tongue thing. And so I sang in tongues with Conway, then I sang in tongues with Loretta Lynn and, and Johnny Cash, and to this day, country music stirs me up. And so I sang in tongues all the way home. Well, I didn't know how I started, but I don't want to stop because I don't know how I started. I'm afraid I won't be able to start again. So I drove past the house, and my wife's expecting me to drove past the house, and it's almost midnight. I thought, she's going to call the law because your uncle's a county sheriff. She'll call the law on me. I got to go home. So I pull up in the driveway, and man, I'm just letting it rip, and I'm with all the country music, and so porch light comes on. I know my wife's coming out to get me and she can't see me because the porch light's reflecting on the wind. And I'm just letting it rip. And I'm thinking, God, I hope you can hear me think while I'm praying. I know you can. So Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to stop praying. I'm going to count three. Please let me start again. And so my wife had been uh, going to a Pentecostal church. Now she wasn't spirit filled yet. You know, with the tongue things, they believed in tarrying. She was a terrier. I don't know nothing about tarrying. I just know Conway Twitty. And so when she opened that door, I just got the three and I got out of that truck and I had a camp meeting in my front yard. I shined out, he came out, who stole my Honda, all that thing. And so, uh, and she was so mad because people at church, because one lady in her church, a very godly saint, had been tearing for 42 years. 
every Sunday night, I'm not exaggerating, 42 years, one of the saints, she was a loving, godly, blessed woman, but she would go down there every Sunday night and she'd tarry. And women would come down and lay hands, hang on, hold on, let go, turn loose. You know? and, they just, and it's like, do something, lady. And I thought, and so my pastor, my Pentecost pastor called me in Wednesday night and said, I heard you got spirit filled. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I did. Well, now, how did you get it? I was listening to Conway Twitty. <laughs> and he wasn't sure that it was legit. I said, no, it's the real thing. I can do it for you right now. You won't hear me. And, uh, and so it was real. And so it took my wife another six months to get spirit filled because they believe. It was so messed up because the Holy Spirit scares so many people. But it's in the Bible. If you just read your Bible, don't listen to anybody, it's all in there. It's real good. It's just real good. <laughs> because it's a gift from Jesus. It's, it's something important. Now, I'm going to read these real quick. It'll take about a minute and a half. This is a page. This is what got me spirit-filled. Right here. Many more scriptures. These are the ones I was reading. Uh, Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Well, how are you led? I mean, is he a ghost? Does he show up? Is there a burning bush? Do two angels sing to you in your bedroom? Where's he at? You know, I'm looking. Galatians 5, 18, but if you are led by the Spirit of God, you're not under the law anymore. I said, what's that? That's, that's wrong. That can't be right. Law's forever. Matthew 4, 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Well, I don't want no spirit lead me to be tempted by no devil. That's our bad spirit. What is that? You understand how you're thinking when you're young? <laughs> Acts chapter 13, verse 2. The Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to do. I thought, well, that sounds legitimate. Acts 13, 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed on to Cyprus. Acts 16, 6. Then they passed through Phygia and Galatia region, but being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak any word in Asia. What? The Holy Ghost wouldn't let them preach down there. What? We're preaching everywhere. We're believing. And everybody said, well, no, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them go down there. They're not ready yet. See, God's a lot smarter than people. It's, just, it's a mess with you. I like this. Um, Acts 16, 7. After, after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of God said, no, he would not permit them. So not only does the Spirit of God lead you places, he'll also tell you, don't go there. He'll say yes and no. Yes. Oh, that's deep. First John 4.1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit, see where they're from God, for there are many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, uh, when I first got spirit filled, I was wilder than all get out. I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't talk talking in tongues. I talked in tongues when I got up, when I ate breakfast. I just let it rip. It made me feel good. Were you being holy? I don't know about being holy. I just feel good. My daddy, he'd get headaches all the time. He'd take those BC powders, pop ass and BC. I never had a headache. I don't know what a headache is. I never had one. I just know if I ever felt bad, I'd just start praying in tongues. And I felt good. What you doing? It gets kind of giddy. Sean died. <laughs> not trying to be funny. I'm trying to be truthful. And so, uh, so anyhow, when I, when, uh, let me go back to this. Uh, Simon, just one more time. Simon the sorcerer, 
saw these people got changed somehow. Now the people believed Philip's message about the good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Simon himself was believing baptized. And wherever Philip went, they were amazed at the signs and miracles Philip performed. There's miracles going on. There's healings going on. This guy ain't no Holy Ghost thing as we used to define Holy Ghost. Well, you a Holy Ghost person? I don't even know what that means. You, you got it? Yeah, I got it. But how'd you get it? Conway Twitty. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to help you out. Because I grew up when you had to be holy and tarry and fast and pray and you've got to be righteous. You don't get no Holy Ghost if you're sinning. Well, everybody's a sinner. Every doofus on this planet's a sinner. Every Christian that's in, in a ministry sins. Every day we sin, we get to repent and forgive every day. We're still growing in the grace of God. There's no perfect people that don't exist. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times a day, but they get back up. We're not the perfect people, we're the getting back up people. Well, that ought to set somebody free right there. Because we had people in church, you know, you, you knew they'd sin because, where's Frank at? Where's Frank? He's not here today. Next Sunday, hey, where's Frank at? He's not here. Are they on vacation? Third Sunday, where's Frank at? Man, did he die? Where's Frank at? No, they sin. Frank sinned. He's having to stay home and clean himself up. As soon as I clean myself up, I'll come out of church. You can't clean you up, doofus. Be waiting for the doors open and get down front. Be the first one to pray, the first one to sing. Get on your face. Gotta go to God. You know, it's a funny thing. God's got this set up. God doesn't, um, oh, I'm gonna mess you up now. This is something I'm gonna give to the pastors on Tuesday morning. Jesus never asked anybody anything twice. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, Jesus never, ever ask anybody anything twice. You wanna follow me? No, I, I, I gotta bury a dead person. You wanna follow me? I know, I gotta take care of a cow. He never said, no, you don't understand who I am. You don't understand who's talking to you. God only wants people who want him. The Bible says, you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. You seek God, he'll see that you find him. You ask a question, he'll answer. You knock on the door, he'll open. You stare at God, he'll stare back. <laughs> Eight times in the New Testament, Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. Ask that your joy might be made full. And so I realized something, God loves to be chased. And so the Holy Spirit is just as important as getting born again. And there's so many, listen, I can sit here all day and pastor's doing a phenomenal job. Please don't miss next Sunday. Don't miss next Sunday because the Bible is packed with people who got filled with the Holy Ghost. After being saved and doing miracles and healings and living good, what else? I got something else for you. Jesus told his own mother, you remember Mary? Silent night, holy night, Mary. Jesus told his own mother to, to go wait for the Holy Spirit. Mom, I'm going home, wait, because as soon as I get home, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit back because I'm God. I'm God in the human body. But because I'm God in the human body, I can only be one place at one time. I'm gonna go home and send the Holy Ghost back. He can be everywhere all the time with everybody. We're about to increase the process. And that's what being filled with the Holy Spirit is. It doesn't make, doesn't make you a water walker, although if God wants to, you can. Because God is a miracle working God. It's not, it doesn't make you special. It means, hey, I got the thing. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I still pray in tongues all the time. I'll let her rip. I'll be getting dressed. I'll, I'll be mowing grass. And people say, what you, 
What's he talking about? He's, he's praying in the Holy Ghost. He's singing in the Holy Ghost. Makes up his own songs. I don't need to memorize the words. I make up my own. So I'm going to go to the Old Testament. This is a great, this is a great story. This is a great story. Um, the, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. Um, in the New Testament, it talks about the armor of God we're supposed to put on. And so why? Well, because we're in a war. I live on an alien planet. Satan is the legal God of this planet. He got this planet when Adam Eve sinned. He became the legal God. He took Adam's place. He's now, people ask him, where's God at? Well, he's in heaven. There's a laser light show going on. Angels singing to him, it's air conditioned. Free food. <laughs> Whoa. God's not down here unless somebody invites him. God's not allowed on this planet. God gave the planet to Adam. When Adam sinned, he gave it to the devil. Satan is the God of planet earth. He steals, he kills, he destroys. That's why hospitals are full and orphanages are full and there's people messed up everywhere. That's why most people are not looking for Jesus. Jesus said when he comes back, when he comes back to earth to get the church, people will be eating and drinking and marrying and giving marriage, buying, selling, building, planting. Jesus said it'll be business as usual for the day he comes back. What he meant was most people won't be looking for him. They won't. No, people aren't looking for Jesus, just in their happy way. And God, God will let you do what you want to do. Now listen, there's, there's eight scriptures in the Bible about your name being blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life, not being written down. So I'll mess with you right now. Everybody's name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. Before there was a planet for you to stand on, God saw every human that would ever be conceived, their name's in the book. The blood of Jesus bought everybody's salvation. But salvation is a gift that has to be received. That's why we have altar calls and testimonies and you share with your neighbor and across the fence and people at work. They have to receive Jesus. It's free, but it has to be received. Doesn't cost anything, but it has to be received. God set it up really good. He only wanted people that want him. It's not, it's not a law, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. So, so this is going back, uh, I'm in uh, Judges chapter seven. Great, great story, Judges chapter seven. This is about Gideon. Now, I'm going to skip all the first stuff about Gideon and the wet fleece and all that stuff. Gideon's realized something. His nation's been attacked by three other nations. Numerically, um, there's some 400,000 enemy troops from three different nations coming to tear them up. I mean, they're in a mess. So Gideon blows a trumpet, tries to rally everybody. So Gideon gets 32,000 people together to defend Israel against 400,000. They were a doofus for showing up to begin with. And so God says, God says, now he's got 32,000, they got 403,000. God says, you got too many. What? Yeah, you, you got too many. Ask them if they want to go home. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, ask how many of them are afraid. If they're afraid, they can go home. So Gideon says, it's in the Bible, I'm not making this. Okay, how many of you guys are scared? And 22,000 raise their hand. Well, y'all can go home. So there's 10,000 left. 10,000, man, he's lost two thirds. Oh, dear Lord. God says, nah, he's still got too many. You gotta be kidding. No, no. Take them all down the river and have them get a drink of water and watch how they drink. If they bend over and just stick their face in the water and just suck it up through their mouth, you don't want them. 
You want the ones that go down on one knee, keep their head up, looking in their sword in one hand, and bring the water to their mouth. Well, <laughs> only 300 did that. Yeah, both of them want you. You want those. That's your army. You got to be kidding. 300? Yep, that's plenty. Because you're going to know this wasn't you, big boy. Because when God shows up, he likes to show off. He likes to get the credit. He likes to get the praise. He likes to get the thank you. God loves praise. The Bible says God inhabits praise. God only goes where he gets thanked. God does not go where he gets cussed and cursed. Well, I ain't feel God. That's because you've not talked to him in a while. You've not thanked him in a long while. God goes where he gets thanked. It's called the sacrifice of praise because you don't feel like doing it. I don't thank God for nothing. That's why he's not there. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, verse one. So Gideon got his army up early and went to the spring. The armies of Midian were encamped around them. Uh, and so this is where, uh, uh, verse three. So 22,000 of them went home, 10,000 were left. The Lord told you, no, you still got too many. Take them down the spring. I see how they drink the water. Well, they lost another 9,700. Like, man, we're willing this thing down, God. And the Lord told Gideon, with these 300, with these 300, I will rescue your country and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected all the provisions and the ram's horns of the warriors, sent them all home. But he kept the 300 with him. So the Midian camps down the valley, someone paraphrased the rest of it. He said he's got 300, so he's, he, he knows, God knows what you're thinking. If you ever think for a minute, God doesn't know what you're thinking. There are Bible says there are recording angels. Every idle deed, every idle thought you think, an angel writes down. He said, nobody knows what I'm thinking. God does, and he has an angel recording it. So don't think stupid, because you'll have to give an account when you get to heaven. <laughs> I just set somebody free. Don't let stupid thoughts bounce your head, around your head like a ping pong ball on the concrete floor. Cast down those imagination thoughts. Think on these things, whatever's lovely, honest, just praise what they're good for. Think on these things. Don't think on those things. Those things are trying to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. God's told us how to think, how to live, how to have victory, but we gotta, we gotta do it. So, Gideon's got his 300, and man, this is just kinda nuts. So God knows what he's thinking. Okay, Gideon, I know what you're thinking. I want you to sneak down to the enemy's camp this evening. Now, there are 130,000, 135,000 Midianites. He sneaks down to the camp outside one of the tents, and he listens. And so two guys tend to talking. Hey, you know, I don't think this is going to go good tomorrow. That God, God is with this Gideon guy. We've heard stories. I don't think it's going to go good for us tomorrow at all. I think we're all going to get killed. And that's what they said, and that's what Gideon heard. So he comes back, what's, what's going on there? They think they're going to get killed. They're afraid of us 300, and they think they're going to get killed. And so what God told him to do is, I want you to get a torch and an empty pitcher, no water in it, and a trumpet. Then you send 100 guys over here on that hill, you send 100 over here, you send 100 over there. Now this is God's method of victory. I'm trying to help you. Who are you? I'm a child of God, I'm saved, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, the Holy Spirit leads me every day. Orders my steps, God's not truth, show me things to come. He talks to me all the time. I don't have to strain, I don't have to fast, I have to shave my head, suck rug or light a candle. We're friends. He's with me everywhere I go. Nothing's ever come upon me he's not already saw coming before I was ever born. Nothing shocks God. Whatever's come upon me, God has already, through the Holy Spirit, made a way out. There's already, whatever you're in today, there's already a way out. 
But if you're not fellowship with God, you don't know it. And you're, so, you're like my family. Here, God, we're never gonna get out of this thing. We're probably gonna get that flu and die. We're all gonna get it. And we're gonna go broke. And the government's gonna go belly up. And I'm gonna lose my job. They're gonna hire me. My dog bit me. My wife left me. And they like to outbrag one another about the horror they're in. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the weak say, you know, I'm strong. You don't look strong, I am. I'm strong in the Lord and the power is mine. Let the poor Sam Ritz, man, I'm wealthy. Didn't they just repossess your truck? Mm -hmm. I thought they repossessed your house last week. They did. I'm blessed, highly favored. Yes, I am. I got so much you can't count it. I'm blessed. Until you start saying it, it's not going to happen. God loves to show off. I've known people my whole life who made it. Not the smart ones, not the high IQ, the ones that just believe God. God's a show off. I've shared this so many times, but I collected 1,206 biographies from my high school students 40 years ago. People became millionaires and billionaires, none of them had ever finished high school. Most didn't finish elementary school. They became millionaires and billionaires. What's their degree in? They don't have one but they had an idea. God will give a thought. You ever had a thought? It's good to get a thought. Hey, I just thought of something. That was God. <laughs> so anyhow, anyhow, that night, they surrounded all the enemy, 135,000. Then all of a sudden, Gideon gives a, gives a signal and they bust that empty pot that was over that torch. All of a sudden, the whole hillside lit up with those torches burning and all 300 blew their tongue. What happened? Well, the enemy got so scared, they started killing one another. It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. What did those 135,000 do? They killed one another. You know, Jerusalem got surrounded one time. Outnumbered, I mean, just bad. And so God said, okay, I'm going to give you victory. Because, you know, he goes down to the temple. He's worshiping God. The king says, what do I do? I want you to get the praise and worship team out front. We're going to go out there tomorrow. You're going to go after them. What? What? Yeah. I want the praise and worship out front. They like to get out front anyhow. They're always out front. Get them out front. You like to be out front, big boy? Get out front. Today, you're out front. Where's my weapon? You don't need a weapon. Get that horn in your mouth. So they go out and they're singing. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So they're coming out of Jerusalem, the doors are open, they're outnumbered 100 to one, and they're coming out singing. And the three heathen kings, there's four, actually four heathen kings right there and they're thinking, what is that? Well, I don't know, there's a bunch of crazy Jewish people. And so all of a sudden, the Bible says one king looked at another and said, you know, I never have liked you. Well, I don't like you either. And so the four kings stabbed one another. And then the army started stabbing one another. By the time the worship team got out there, the entire army's dead. What, what that? Well, they all die. Who killed them? They killed each other. The Bible says they spent three days gathering the spoils, just the silver and the gold. Forget the dead mules and all that stuff. Just gathering the silver and gold. And they spent weeks burying all those dead bodies. How'd you whip them? Well, we sang a lot. I feel a song coming on. Paul and Silas are down there. They've been beaten illegally because they're Roman citizens. They've been beaten illegally. They're down there, man, it's getting nasty. And so all of a sudden, in the dark, because the dungeon back then, I can't even describe it because it's, it's, I got too many good people here today. Dungeons were stanky. There were no restrooms in the dungeon. 
There's no lights in the dungeon. They throw it down a hole and there's human stuff and you can't even imagine, you don't wanna think about it. There's rats. And so they're sitting in there bleeding, cut, you know, sitting in the ooze you don't wanna think about, you know. This is before peroxide. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're sitting in that mess and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Silas says, what, 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 what's that noise? It's in your Bible. Paul said, I feel a song coming on. And the Bible says they broke out into worship, sitting in the middle of a mess. When they started worshiping God, the chains fell off. The doors fell open. The jailer almost, the jailer almost killed himself. But no, no, we're here. No, don't kill yourself. Let's go home and eat dinner with you. So they went home to the jailer and ate dinner with him. And then they water baptized him that night. They got him saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Where were you? Well, I was in the jail, beat up and bleeding, but I felt a song coming on. I've given you something very powerful today. You have the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He lives in us, walks in us. We're not goofy, we're not weird, we're just Spirit-filled. And people ask you all the time, where'd you get that thought? I don't know. You know, Paul, Paul, Paul went down to Macedonia, went down to Macedonia, he's, going down, he's down there preaching. And so I said, why'd you come down here? Now, Paul, who prayed in the Holy Ghost more than anybody, wrote two thirds New Testament. They said, Paul, why don't you come down here? And he said, it just seemed right. <laughs> See, if you're led by the Holy Ghost, you're not weird. And please don't put that, I just felt the Holy Ghost, don't share, just do it. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut and just do what God tells you to do. Yeah. It works out a whole lot better because we don't like you otherwise. I think God just showed me that. Please don't tell me. Just keep it to yourself. If he tells you something, just do it and don't tell me you're doing it. Just be a real Christian. Filled with the Holy Ghost. We're the salt and the light of this planet. We give food to the hungry and water to the thirsty. We visit people in prison. There are sick people back to health. We are what's happening. It's us. So... I leave you with this, this is, this is all marked up, this is my favorite thing. This is Ephesians 6 that everybody should read, every, you ought to read it every day, just to get yourself a good kick. So this is the armor, I'm going for one verse. I'll read a lot of them, but I'm just going for one verse. And I'll be through in 60 seconds. Ephesians 6 verse 11, put on all of God's armor. Stand against the strategies of the devil. We are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen realm against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. There's not a human mentioned. What do you find? I don't find a human. Human's not my problem. No human's my problem. What I'm fighting, you can't see. It's in the spirit realm. But I've been given victory over it. Whoa. Put on every piece of God's armor. Resist the enemy in the time of evil. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth. Put on peace. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Man, there's a lot of doing in here, isn't there? Yeah, you can't just sit there and just hum to yourself. Oh, that was good. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The only offensive weapon I possess is God's word, which means I need to be speaking it a lot. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm saying what God says. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, which is poverty, sickness, and death. 
I'm surrounded with divine favor. People like me, they don't even know why. Oh. Mm. Verse 18, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Well, how often do you pray in tongues? All the time. Shonda Hikimo, who stole a Mahonda. All the time. All the time. And on every occasion. Well, I, th- I thought you covered the first. Well, <laughs> all the time and on every occasion. You think, well, what the, I think I've got an occasion. Well, then once you let it rip, because when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying the absolute perfect will of God. My mind does not understand, it's my spirit praying. My spirit, helped by the Holy Spirit, is praying directly to God the Father. That there's so many angels around them, you can't count them. And they get real busy when I start praying in the Holy Ghost. You will never pray in the Spirit too much, ever. You don't need to move, you don't need to shave your head. You can pray in the Spirit when you're sitting on the toilet. I'm not trying to be fun, I'm trying to help you. You need to let it rip all the time. Just, you make your spouse, what are you doing? Just praying in the Holy Ghost, just talking to myself, encouraging myself in the Lord. But it says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Then James 4 says, resist the devil, he will flee. Who's, who am I scaring? You're scaring hell? I like the, well, you know, I think I'm gonna scare hell today. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Well, I'm just gonna pray in tongues for about 20 minutes, just on purpose and out loud. What for? I just feel like scaring hell. Because hell doesn't know what I'm saying. And it gets confused. What's he saying? What's he saying? I don't know, but bad's gonna happen. <laughs> God has given us this awesome power. It doesn't make us water walker, it doesn't make us perfect. We're still human, we still get to repent every day and forgive every day. But we've been given something that's a powerful gift. Use it, make the most of it, let it rip. You don't have to feel holy. Best time to pray in the Holy Ghost is when you get mad, when you lose your temper, when you just cuss the blue streak. Hey, I'm going to shine die for a little bit. I've done it. I've, I've, my boss, years ago, I was working for a great boss. He wasn't great then. He was spirit filled, but he was the north end of a southbound. I drove to work every day repenting of what I was going to do and say. And one day, he had promised me a raise. He hadn't given one two years. I'm asking for a raise. You promised, man. Two years you promised. He said, well, put your bill full up here. I'm like, dear God, yeah, you know. And so he started, he started to lay hands and pray on my bill. I don't want you to pray for it. You put money in it. And I, I lunged at him in his office, my boss. He shoved a chair against the wall. I'm lunging to kill my boss. I thanked him so many times for not firing me because I had a lot of stupid in me that God needed to get out. You need to walk in love and just pray, well, God bless you. God bless you. I've told the story, I'll close with this. My daughter Jessica got an accounting degree, made all A's and one B, real smart. Working for a big bank, they promised her a raise, she hadn't got one in two years, and I went to her house and she's crying. I went to her house, what's wrong with you? They promised me a raise, they didn't give me one. They told me two years to give me a raise. I said, well, honey, times are tight right now. Well, I'm gonna quit. Really? Who's hiring? Is somebody hiring? I thought everybody's laying off. Who's hiring? Well, I'm hiring a job. Well, get one first before you quit. Don't quit your day job. Well, that's not right. You know, so he said, well, you know what? Let, I'll just agree with you because that's what they're wanting. They want daddy to agree. Daddy's got some shine down with him. 
Okay, let's just grieve. Father, we set ourselves in agreement according to Matthew 18, 19, Father. In Jesus' name, Jessica will never get a raise down at that bank, ever. A lot of people get raised, but in Jesus' name, I plead the blood, she'll never get a raise. Now, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not making that. And she's dead. What are you praying? Honey, I want what you want. You don't want a raise. You don't think you can get one? In Jesus' name, you'll never get a raise. Many people that bank will get raises. You will never get a raise. Dad, don't say that, but you stop saying it. So I got in a great habit. So I got in great habits of agreeing my kids when stupid came out of their mouth. Don't, don't talk stupid around me because I'm going to jump on that like a duck on a, that's nasty. So my kids know, don't talk bad around dad. He'll, he'll pounce on it. We live in the greatest time of human history. We all have challenges. We're all told to be more than conquerors, overcomers. We've been given the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. And he said, the things I do, you'll do also, and greater things because the Spirit of God's gonna be in you. I'm going home and I'm gonna send a, a helper who will never leave you, never forsake you. You're not by yourself, people. We got it made. Amen, let's stand up. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you wanna find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.